We'd like to welcome everyone back to the Nova Society, and today we had a conversation about political rhetoric and some of the dangers that the political rhetoric of today may present us. So, let's listen in. Hi, Brooke. So, today we wanted to talk a little bit about political rhetoric, and boy, there's plenty of that going around. So, what are you thinking? I'm increasingly disturbed. I listened to part of Trump's Waco rally, and I noticed how the rhetoric has escalated and shifted from being about how they, meaning Mexicans and other immigrants and how they're rapists and how they are a danger to us. Now, according to Mr. Trump, the liberals are rapists, looters, murderers. So it's not foreigners. It's other Americans. The the rhetoric is is really the same. It's just the the object of that rhetoric has has shifted to making the other Americans who disagree with whatever Trump is saying. And I don't know how many were in the crowd, but of course some people were cheering and and so on. Trump did not provide, of course, a single piece of evidence to support his claims. And uh, probably because there isn't any, but whatever he says, if he says it often enough and simply enough and loudly enough, which incidentally is Hitler's and Goebbels' uh, methods of propaganda were, then people would believe it. I, I don't see the Republican Party saying this nonsense needs to stop. And the photo of Trump standing with a baseball bat in his hand uh, next to District Attorney Alvin Bragg, and it looks as though Trump is about is about to hit the District Attorney Bragg in the head with it, and it, that's incendiary. And such. And then one Republican, I don't remember which one, said, "Oh, I I can't see that. I don't have my glasses. I see the same types of behaviors." from the Republican Party, as I did in 2015 and 2016 and so forth, when when Mr. Trump was behaving so outrageously as a candidate and then as president. Uh, and I don't see any lessons having been learned. I do so Definitely hope um, that Mr. Trump is not elected. I um I can see where, despite everything that Mr. Trump has done and and continues to do to prove himself absolutely unfit for office yet again, that he will be the nominee for the Republican Party. I'm hopeful that he will not, but I'm concerned that he will be. Let, it, let's not let's not mistake crowd size with support. That was his greatest mistake in Georgia. Oh, I have 35,000 people at my crowd. Joe Biden had 100. That means it'd be have to be popular. Some of these are just voyeurs coming. His his assumption is, is that everybody that shows up is voting for him. True, but I don't see, again, I don't see the Republican Party moving beyond him vocally. I mean, they may be doing so privately. Well, and, and that we've talked about this before. They're caught between a rock and a hard place. They rode the coattails of the popularity in 2016. Right. But they also saw that in 2020, 2022, 
that popularity did not equate all the way across the board for the Republicans. So now they basically have to admit that they made an error. I'm sure that all of the top Republicans would love Trump to just go away, but that's not happening. Now, I have to admit, I did not watch any of the Waco rally, but it, it's just, it's Trump being Trump. That's that's kind of, it's, it's hard to expect him to do something else. Everybody acts exactly as you expect them to. And my issue is less about the rhetoric, but the, the fact that it resonates with people. If somebody is out there yelling at the wind, but if you've got people that actually believe the rhetoric that's coming out, there's really where the issue comes. I honestly think that we make the mistake of thinking that his popularity is greater than it is. Now, you made a mention about might he be the nominee? He might be. Might he be reelected? Possible. But then again, that brings us back to the old adage, you get the government you deserve. As Americans, we would be getting the government that we deserve, which I really do believe is less likely than, than some of the pundits might be predicting at this point in time. The question comes down to, would a DeSantis be better than a Trump? Well, we don't know. Just by the by the discussions, we would say, no. DeSantis at this point seems very big on let, let's legislate morality. Let's control what people can do and think and read. And I, I don't think Trump is that sophisticated. Correct. Yeah, I think in, in many ways DeSantis would be worse because DeSantis is actually intelligent. The devil you do know as opposed to the devil you don't. Right. It, neither one of them are a great option. No, they're both terrible. <laughs> but we're but we're in a two-party system. Right. It's A or B in the United yeah. States. That's unfortunate, but it's the system we've got. Right. It's the system that we bought into, and changing it is going to be difficult. Right. They rode the Trump coattails in 2016. Now they're kind of stuck with it. Now they really don't know what to do with it. And I, politically, I get it. As, I, as we've said before, if they lose that fraction of Trump loyalists, they know they can't win. Right. With them, at least maybe they have a shot. Maybe not a great shot, but at least they have a shot. And you, these are the political calculations that are going into this. And I just, my concern is, is that when somebody comes up and says, those lefties are all rapists and pedophiles and this, that, and the other, the fact that a portion of the population actually believes this stuff. Right. That's just as much about them as it says about the person that's, that's spewing this kind of stuff. Right. I mean, that's what I'm concerned about. Uh, the first amendment, free speech. Yes. You can go out onto the street corner and, and have free speech. Absolutely. To a limit, of course, but it doesn't mean anybody has to listen to you. Correct. That's not canceling you. If nobody is listening, or if a private company does not give you a platform, that is not canceling you. That's just basically saying we don't want to listen to your crap. There is no infringement of free speech in that. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the space laser lady. Right. How did she get elected from her district? Again, Lauren Boebert, who almost lost. How did she get elected again? I mean, at least George Santos in New York. He got elected because basically he bullshitted his way through the whole thing. Right. You know, he he wouldn't come up with this crazy stuff other than his entire resume, which was kind of crazy and made up. It, it's the people that are listening to this. It's the people that will sit there and say, yeah, this is this is what I believe in. 
that concerns me even more than that one person standing there spewing this this stuff without, as you say, without any facts. He's he's telling you what you want to hear. And I think the thing that gets me is that, and it was, I read an article. The problem with this this approach is it addresses none of the real issues that we're facing. Mm. We have real issues in the United States that need to be addressed. All this rhetoric addresses none of it. Right, right. And the same with the uh, the Republican House and Hunter Biden's laptop and legislating uh, about trans children and denying them their uh, health care and banning books and uh, so forth does not address the debt ceiling, does not address climate change, does not address many, many other issues that we are facing as a nation. How many people does it put to work sitting and saying all all the lefties are, are pedophiles? Nobody. No, no one. Yes, exactly. How did that fix the deficit? Not in the least. Just saying, I can fix this. When, when Trump said, I could fix this war in Ukraine in, in five minutes. Yeah. A conversation. All right. Lay it out for us. Mm-hmm. Don't just say you can do it. Yes. Let's hear what you're going to do. Let's see what you, yeah, let's, let's, let's hear the plan. We're all open. We're, ears are all open. Oh, and if you're a real patriot, then you would want to tell your plan to anybody to be able to use it, to, to be able to address the conflict. Yes. You shouldn't be saying, well, I'm not going to tell you the secret until you, you elect me into office, which is basically what he's saying. Yes. There's a lot of this rhetoric comes with no plan. It always stops before you get to that. There's no plan there. Most Americans really have got to sit back and say, we have serious issues and we need serious people to address them and not just tell us where the issue is supposedly, where the issue is coming from. Oh, and it's always not me. It's always not my group that's causing these issues. It's another group that's causing these issues. Some people think that we beat up on the Republicans a lot. The Democrats sometimes are, are the same way. They've, they've got the plan. This is how we implement it. They get a little bit farther. They This is the plan. This is what we're going to implement. Okay, now the question comes down to, let's get into the real world. How are you going to pay for it? That's kind of where it stops. Yes. Where they come up with some convoluted math that makes it work. So right. Right. It, goes, it goes both ways. It does. Again, picking on the, the Republicans and then and the House and saying, well, we're going to uh, cut the deficit and we're going to balance the budget. They would have to cut, apparently, as I understand it, if the figures are correct, something like 86% of the entire budget. That means 86% of everything. Defense, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, everything, and raise taxes Mm -hmm. to do it and get rid of Trump's tax cuts and so on and so forth in order to fund what they want to do. I think my greatest issue with all of this, with this entire topic, and we, I know it's, it's about political rhetoric. Mm-hmm. It's how susceptible a large populate portion of the population is to accepting this political rhetoric as fact yep. or as truth. That in itself concerns me the most. Yes. You can have all sorts of people out there spewing all sorts of stuff, flat earthers and and this, that, and the other. The majority of people don't believe it. They don't right. accept it. Right. 
this seems to be something that more people than I would possibly expect. In in the four years Trump was in office, and all the fact checks from all the different networks, except for one or two, the man lied constantly. Mm-hmm. What I think a, a psychologist might consider a pathological liar. Yes. It's like they didn't accept gravity and they just continually went along simply because it's what they wanted to believe. Nyhan and Reifler, um, they have a theory they call the backfire effect, where the more a person is presented with fact, the more the person clings to what the person believes and already knows to be true and rejects what is indeed fact, rejects what uh, is being presented, says, no, 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 that's not the case. The more the person holds on to those preconceived ideas that the person believes to be true, and the more the person refuses to budge. People talk about uh, with mediation and and so on and and conflict resolution and say, well, you provide facts and and people are going away, will Uh, come around. No, (laughs) they will not necessarily come around because they've already taken a position. They already know what is true. And the more a person tries to demonstrate what the person, the, the other party knows to be true is in fact false, the more that person is going to hang on and fight and insist that in fact, no, what I already believe and what I already know is in fact what is true. I don't know if if people feel that they're living vicariously through Trump. For I mean, he's not one of the quote. I mean, I hate to use the word little people, but I mean, this he was born wealthy. He's been entitled. He's been able to do pretty much whatever he wanted. I mean, he's lied. He has refused to pay his bills. He's been bankrupt. He's gone to court. He's treated women horribly. Uh, most people don't behave that way. Something, Maybe. Something's not right. Yeah, <laughs> something's not right. We, we could make that assumption. Something oh, is not right. Definitely. Definitely, yes. Most people don't behave that way. And I don't know if the people who, who, in, who are not like him at all feel that maybe this is how they want to be, entitled and wealthy, and they can do whatever they want. I, I don't know how the people who insist that he's like a, an idol or a deity or personality. I find him so offensive that when I listen to a short clip, I'm thinking like the, the rally. Last night I had to steal myself just to listen to the few minutes that I heard. It was just so offensive. But the rhetoric bothered me intensely. The fact that, that I don't hear the Republican Party standing up and saying, this is not what we stand for. Yeah, and, and I can understand that, and I, I truly do. But I also make the, the distinction between the politicians of the Republican Party and the, the populace. The Republican Party politicians, as, I, as we've said here before, are caught between a rock and a hard place. They're damned if they do speak out against it. And, of course, then they're damned if they don't. So they're almost put into a into a no win scenario here when it comes to when it comes to Trump. 
But the populace, that's something totally different. That's a conscious willingness to believe. I'm going to put two links to two short, very short YouTube videos that we all that we both find interesting, which one is about the backfire and one about Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity. And in many ways, it explains pretty much why the phenomenon that we're seeing uh, exists. I know the, the Bonhoeffer video basically explains why it's so difficult to get out of it, why it's so difficult to combat this. And I, I believe the backfire video does the same thing. And Denning-Kruger, people think they know more than they actually do. These are some things that truly do explain. They frame our understanding of what we're seeing, even though we scratch our heads when we talk about this stuff, when we say, how is this possible? It is possible because people are people. It's not anything new. Bonhoeffer's theories from back in World War II, and he was speaking, he was a German speaking about Hitler, and that movement had come to power. There's a lot of, of things that we can learn here. Now, I don't think any Trump supporter is going to watch any one of them or believe any any of this stuff. There are no misconceptions onto that. Yes, the rhetoric is, as you say, dangerous. It is incendiary. It is counterproductive because it, it basically ignores the true problems that we have. But the real issue to me isn't the person making the statement. It's the people that actually embrace this stuff. So we got about yeah. three yeah. minutes left. What yeah. do you think? What, what, what are your final thoughts on this one, Brooke? Well, I was thinking what you just said, the people who are going to act on it. And one of the things that, that Trump did was take the people who had been incarcerated from the January 6th insurrection and have them sing, you know, the national anthem. Part of the rally was, you know, stand, rise, put your hand on your heart for Mr. Trump. It was just a travesty. And people stood, just blew my mind. And I'm thinking, this is patriotism. It's horrifying. And as you say, the people who will act on it, it is extremely dangerous. I think it's important that they speak out. Even if they did speak out, what good would it do? Liz Cheney, where is she? Adam Kingsinger. Where's he? Those that do speak out. True enough. Yeah. It's like groupthink, right? It, it's and then, totally like groupthink. Yeah. And then the moment anybody says anything else, that person is removed from the group because That's now correct. that person's no longer like us, is no longer a good guy like us. That's now right. that person's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was kind of depressing, Brooke, but <laughs> it's one of those things. It's one of those things you got to talk about every once in a while. We have to keep our eye on the ball and uh, keep. Keep our eye on how this stuff progresses. So, as always, good talking to you. Yes, good talking to you, Mark. Thanks. We'll talk to you again. Okay. So, there you have our thoughts on this week's topic of political rhetoric and the possible consequences that it may hold for our country. We'd like to thank our sponsor, the JCIS. And keep in mind, the JCIS will be publishing its next issue this summer, and we will keep you updated on when that comes out. It will be I'm sure, an excellent read. We'd also like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and remind everybody, the power of society is knowledge, and we hope to see you again next time.